Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and sometimes Emmaus. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love Podcast. Hello. Hi, George. Hi. It is me. It is you. George Wacker, your it co-host of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm here with our other co-host, Tyler Rock. Hey, hey, listeners. It's good to have you here. It is. It's nice. It's a nice day. What are you excited about, George? What's going on? So, uh, people don't know it's a Friday. Weekend's coming. Nice weekend, by the way. Um, you know. What's that? So the weather's going to be... Uh, oh, weather's going to be good, yeah. Um, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I'm excited about... No joke, Easton Baking Company reopened. Yeah. In Easton, obviously. Yeah, of all places. For those who aren't familiar, it, shame on you. Yeah, where do you yeah, live? Yeah, where have you been living under a rock? And it, it um what it closed like over a year ago, about I'm a year sure. ago. Not sure. It's been yeah, it's it seems like a long 10 years. time, yeah. a very long time. And everyone was sad to see it go because of their tomato pie, mm-hmm. which is something that I have been um turned on to really what do, what i didn't mean? know that it really existed like up until i mean i knew what it was but i never appreciated it it's the best until i started hanging out with like, you guys more yeah. and now every party we're at there's tomato pie and well it finally like broke down and i'm like okay i get it i have a i've always had a weird relationship with not a great relationship with Easton baking because my mom would get every birthday cake for my whole life every birthday cake was made by Easton baking and then they would get tomato pie it was great best cake and my brother's birthday, he was born on the week that Easton Bacon is closed. Was always closed, so he never got. He always got like a giant or Weiss cake, and it's affected his psychological development. Yeah, like the, uh, the the Cookie Monster one. The yeah, one like he eyes, feels like, slighted in adulthood that he never was given an Easton Bacon cake. For my daughter, and now it might be bad. He might have the opportunity. That's good. For my daughter's second birthday, we got her two cakes, one. Um, to, to eat for everyone to eat and one specifically just to destroy okay cool which is a thing now and i think it's pretty right interesting that happens so I, I i'll be honest i don't know much about who the new owners are me, me either i hope that they i knew the are, old owners well yes so i'm sure everyone is wishing everyone the best nobody wants the, to, if to listen i'm gonna go i think they open monday yeah when this podcast comes out by the next time you you hear my okay, voice yeah. I will tell you how the tomato pie is, I and if it's if it's anything short of what it was during my childhood, they will be hearing from me. They will be hearing from, and there will be a lawsuit. Your your brothers. Gonna I don't know if you like, could sue somebody for not enjoying <laughs> tomato, tomato pie, pie as much as you used to, but your brother's gonna be like, "This is the first time I've ever had it." Yeah, I'm like, it's not as good wonderful. as it used to be anyway. So. Okay, we're talking about the weather. We're gonna get to it. Here is Tony from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority. Hey, everybody. Tony here from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority with your five-day exclusive forecast for Lehigh Valley with Love's podcast. Starting the week off, it's going to be a beautiful week out there, kind of have the summer theme music going. Yes, it's the beginning of March, but we have entered meteorological spring, and we're going to kick off Monday with high temperatures in the upper 50s. Matter of fact, a high temperature of 57 degrees. 
Periods of sun and clouds are expected. Low Monday night down to 42. Now, Tuesday, we see clouds move in uh, late morning with some PM, you know, the afternoon showers moving in. I think overall, this isn't a big deal as far as rainfall amounts go. Anywhere from, I don't know, a tenth to a quarter of an inch of rain. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal as, you know, we forecasted last week. So that's kind of a, a plus. Uh, Tuesday's high temperature, <clears throat> 58 degrees. Tuesday's low, 43. Wednesday, we see the sun return with some clouds. A high temperature of 54, going down to 35 Wednesday night. Thursday, sunny skies. High temperature of 50, going down to 35 at night. And Friday, some breezy conditions. Periods of sun and clouds. A high temperature dropping down to 45 degrees. Nighttime low, down to 28. That is all I have for you. Have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you Friday night on the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast show, only on Service Electric 2. Wow. Oh, man. That's some insane weather coming our way. I hope it. Well, I think it might be a little snowy. Will it? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds sounds like uh, it could be anything. I guess time will tell. We'll have to see. Uh, how the weather is going, which is let's talk about weather now. Let's talk about everything that's going yeah, it's, on. It's a, it, weather is a very interesting topic, especially for podcasts. And the, we do have a guest. We it. do have a guest here, uh, and we're gonna Mark say hi quick. Hello. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> wait to bring him in though because we want to talk about this quickly. It's important to us. Our Lehigh Valley uh, with Love television show, the podcast television show, is now every. 11 p.m. on every Friday. You said that as bad that as you could have said it. was the weirdest way to say it. It was every Friday at 11 p.m. There on Service go. Electric there Cable Television. It's an hour-long show, which is a lot of it's time. It's a lot of we've, time. We've found I think we out. bit off a little more than we could chew. Which is good because good. now you guys can tune in to see how the struggle. We bit actually, off a little bit more tomato pie <laughs> than we could chew. You guys get me out there, huh? Yeah, please tune in. Tony is actually our weatherman on camera, yeah. which is so fun. It's so funny. And no, he's he's great. No, not funny. You know, it's just funny that it it's happening. Have you? Like, it's have just, you? It's so surreal. Have you met people? Like, have you explain? Like, when we're explaining the TV show, <laughs> no, I don't know. Is it hard? Like, when you're like, it's Leah Valley for the podcast. Like, was well, it a TV show? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a podcast, and is it? It takes me five minutes to explain. Well, it is a podcast, but it's, just go, just leave. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I, I think the fact that it's confusing makes it a little interesting. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe, maybe that's like the worst way to look at it. But the interesting part about it for us is that we can we're sharing some um, videos that we're creating on mm-hmm. our own in local areas. We're uh, having on guests that maybe we wouldn't have the opportunity to before. Like I said, we have Tony. We have a musical guest segment, which yeah. is. We're gonna have Another some comedians. We have comedians on, uh, and it's a really it's a cool opportunity for us. But we also feel like it's a cool opportunity for local businesses and maybe other you know organizations that would like to get in with us and sponsor. Uh-huh. And you know that sponsorship isn't directly commercialized. Like we're not just gonna say hey we're gonna do a straight commercial. Some of it can be like there's fun different ways that we you can get involved. So if you want to know more about that, just shoot us an email at info at lehigh. Valley with love media.com. Oh, George, you put me to sleep with that. We have to. This is like housekeeping stuff because if we don't know, do but it, I hate it. If we don't do it, then I can't pay my mortgage, right? And all that stuff. So it's boring. I'm sorry, but it's fun. I promise. Do you want more boring stuff? Well, I think, uh, I think we should just go to our partner, our, our, uh, <laughs> our commercial, and then we should come back and start this. this okay, we do this for real. Trust us, this is worth it. Uh, please hear from our. Great sponsor, 
one of the people uh, and businesses, organizations that helps us get everything done, uh, Judd from Walter Investments. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to save money and build wealth while at the same time providing for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Working with Walter Investment Partners of Janie Montgomery Scott will help you create a financial blueprint designed to address your needs for planning, protecting, and preserving assets for you and your future generations. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your financial plan will be at work for you and your family. Contact us today. We look forward to working with you. <laughs> Thank you, Judd. That was riveting. Yes. Absolutely riveting. I want to go save money right now. I want to go spend money. money. Oh, see, you got to talk to Judd. I got to talk right, let's to do Judd this. more. Um, now we can officially welcome on Mark Trues. Yep. Yay, sorry. Hey. I love how you <laughs> explained your Very, last name. It's like more than one true. So yeah. Trues. <laughs> I guess. Plural true. Where is it Polish? Yeah. Yes, it's Polish, indeed. Nice, dude. S Z kind of gives it away the consonants. I took yeah. Latin. Polish. I don't think that. I love how George celebrated that. Like he just that was good. Was he has someone's last name by. That, he I just said pretty... he gives it away. Yeah. Dude, would you know? Would you? I didn't know the spelling, and probably not. But that's not my one. I can I... guess cities. We all know I can guess cities. <laughs> I know. We'll get to that maybe later. Give um, me a city right now. Bethlehem. Well, it's like eighty thousand. I can guess population of cities. Go ahead. Any city in the United States. I specialize in mid-level cities. Uh, mid-level cities, uh, Columbus, Ohio. I mean, that's a big one, isn't it? But that's well greater. That's one point two, but in the city, it's six hundred. Nice. Uh, hey, I Google, can't even fact check you. What's the population of Columbus, Ohio? The population of Columbus was eight hundred seventy-nine thousand. Doesn't mean I don't know. That was a little, that's a little that's a wash. Well, you gave yeah. one point two, and then that's six the greater something. though. That's the greater. All right. Well, we'll take your word for it. Mark, you're the <laughs> owner of Escape Room X or Escape yeah. Room Escape. EXE. Escape yeah. EXE. Escape X. Escape, Escape X. X. Is that Escape Polish? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it's actually inspired by IT, right? So the yeah. .exe stands for executable. Mm -hmm. um, kind of what makes my Escape Room unique is that there's a story that ties everything together. Really? So yes. So kind of the story is is that we're a huge organization called EscapeX, and we run this software called Escape.exe. So that ties everything together. So when customers come around, we're in like costume and uniform, right. and the experience start from the moment you go on our website to the moment you walk through our door. And what can you talk about? What the whole story is? A the little? backstory? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is kind of in depth. Um, so essentially. The escape room is called EscapeX. So it's this huge organization. And what they do is they pop up these escape rooms around the country. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're looking for talent, right? So they're looking for people who are the best and the brightest and who can do their escape rooms in the fastest amount of time. So then what they do... Not necessarily me or George they're not looking for. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I got depends. you. I don't know. You guys haven't been to the escape room, so I don't know how you'll do. But um, So this is like a fictitious story. But then what they do is they take these people... They keep playing the game that it's all just a simulation, but it turns out it's all real life. Okay. So that's kind of the story behind all of this. So as you're playing through the game, you kind of solve this mystery. Did so, you write the entire yeah, thing? Yeah, this is all like from my head. So yeah, this is completely... And how long did it take you to develop this idea? So the idea was like formulated in my head for probably two years or so. I did my first escape room in 2016, and then I thought to myself, okay... I can do this. Like, I want to make video games. I can also build stuff out of wood, and I can also put bring things to life. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so maybe I won't make a video game. I'll try to make a video game in real life. Wow. Wait, 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 let me stop for a minute, because like you, I, I, I love a, like when somebody does something like that, and they're like, oh yeah, I just did it. 
How like what? What do you mean you did your first one in 2016? Like what? Okay. What is going on when you're like thinking? Normal people aren't thinking. I'm just gonna go make an escape room tomorrow because you have a full time job that you know. Yes, you, I do. You know, yeah. you have something. So can you kind of explain that to me? Like how did that happen? Okay, so like I was saying, I have like a lot of things that I do outside of mm-hmm. work, right? Like I'm an IT guy full time, but I do my hobbies are like building things, programming things, screwing around with like Arduinos and stuff like that. So I did my first escape room in 2016 in Richmond, Virginia, and I fell in love with the entire concept. They brought you in. It was like this mysterious thing. What's going on? They essentially locked you in a room, quote mm-hmm. unquote, and you had to just use your wits to try to get out. And I thought to myself, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. I finally get to like use my brain. I get to like do things. Everyone in the group was into it. And as I was playing, I thought to myself, wow, I I have a different spin on this. Like this is to me in my head, this is like an action movie. This This is like a video game. And as I was pumping gas, I was just doing the numbers in my head. Like, okay, they brought in this amount of people for this many dollars. Okay. Okay. So the business plan works in my head. Like, let's do this. And then. I made my LLC that's shortly the, thereafter. That's pretty like when you're going through something you're experiencing for the first time, right? And then you're like, I could do this better. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's interesting. Like, so then when you, you're having these ideas, what do you do? You write them all down in a notebook? You start drafting stuff? <laughs> so I don't really write things down, like I guess how I'm supposed to, because I guess the, the, you know, the words of wisdom is always write this down in your journal, write this down in your notebook. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just a matter of making sure that I can try to, bring this to life so in my creative process i think of this whole story and then it grows organically as i'm creating the room okay or the rooms so the story itself is ever expanding and ever growing because i can make it whatever i want so you didn't like write down the original story ever well not really is all existing in my head and then the That's more i create okay wait wait wait, wait, wait. all right listen how, okay dude i can't remember my socks are like, <laughs> how do you put oh uh a world that you create in your head, because I got some, I got some crazy. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't think you should be. I got some crazy shit ticking around up here. Nice, you nice. know, there's, a, you know, but how do you put it, like, or compartmentalize <laughs> it to put it to apply it to make that thing. like? So you wanted, you said you wanted to create video games, right? Yeah, that's so correct. So that's yeah. pro the organization of it, like, making a video game. It's not as easy as like. I want robots and aliens to fight, right? You need to have some sort of plan. So you did have a plan so, in place. Yeah, there's different aspects to that, right? So you can, there's the actual story behind it. Then there's the gameplay component. It's a very compartmentalized kind of thing. So in my head with the story, I had this basic idea that this is going to be a company. It's trying to take over the world. It's looking for the best and brightest talent, but they're actually tricking you into doing this. And then as I'm, you know, in the building now that, that uh, I lease, mm-hmm. as I'm creating my next escape room, it's just kind of like, oh, I think this would be cool to continue the story. So that's just the story aspect of mm-hmm. creating things. Then there's the actual puzzle aspect of creating mm-hmm. things. That's so, what I'm more curious. How do you yeah. add those two? Right, how that, do you yeah. sync those up? Those okay. are, because some of those are very intricate. Well, how do you sync up well, your story like, so and many... the puzzle? Oh, yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So the first escape room that we did is called Site 117. So you're going out to outer space and I don't want to ruin too much because everything I do, I like to be a surprise, Mm -hmm. but essentially you're in outer space. So the puzzles that we're doing there, I had to think of a way like, okay, why are you going here? Everything actually in the escape room has a level Y. If you ask me, what's this for? Why is that? I'll give you an answer. So that's kind of part of the creative process as well. So why are we doing this puzzles? Oh, well, it's to do this. What is this for? Oh, well, it's to do this. So for our first escape room, site 117, you're going 
you're following in the footsteps of four scientists before you. And this whole story kind of grew organically while you're playing this escape room. And why describe that. Like, so there's not a video playing like, you are following four scientists. So we do this organically as well. We love to have an adaptive difficulty, essentially. So when we come in, we talk to people, how many escape rooms have you done, so-and-so. We bring them into the lobby, we talk to them. We're all in uniform, we're wearing uniform. And then at that moment, we kind of say, how many did you do? Two, three, okay. We can get a gauge of how they want to play the game. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, all that matters to me is the customer experience and that they're having a good time. So we, you know, like I said, we ask how many rooms did you do? What are you trying to accomplish here? We usually give three hints. Our traditional rule set is 60 minutes and three hints. Do you want more than three hints? This is totally up to you. And you know, people do. There are some groups that really want three hints and they play with three hints. So then after we talk and have this brief thing, I get an idea in my head of the difficulty that these people want. And when we bring him back towards the actual briefing area, we have a quick briefing and we tell them the story at that moment. Hmm. But we also adapt that story based on how well or how many escape rooms they've done in the past. Dude, what is going on <laughs> in your brain? Man? Yeah, it's, well, it's like well, because you're tr you're also solving one of the problems of an escape room yes. in an area that doesn't have a ton like a insane population. Because once you do one, you do that escape room, you have to yes. wait until they change it because you know so, all the answers. I thought about that too. All of our escape rooms have multiple paths and multiple endings, which means you can technically play each of my escape rooms twice. Okay. Yeah. See, that's. That's the next level, because then it solves that issue of what. So while you're talking to this group of people, you're you're like, all right, we're either going this way or this way with them. Yes, right. And there's two options, or is there multiple options? There's multiple options. So this is actually kind of builds on. It's kind of a hard concept. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I like. So, I'm, I love it. So furthermore, right? So like I said, each escape room has multiple options and multiple endings because what you're doing is, like I said, with EscapeX, you can help us and try to take over the world, or you can help the resistance. So there's actually yeah, see, two, there's two factions that are built into this escape room experience. So you can help us or you can join the resistance. And the choices are kind of morally ambiguous. Like who's telling me the truth? Is the resistance telling me the truth? Is EscapeX telling me the truth? Like what's going on in this situation? And, and you can decide where to go. To yep. Totally your choice. And that changes the puzzles and it changes the theme of the room as well. So Tyler, have you played a lot of video games? I haven't. You like what? I, I really have. And you, I'm assuming you're you okay. heavily influenced. So, I played like Grand Theft Auto, but I would never do the missions. No, this is. Fantastic. I would just go around shooting people and robbing. This, people. No, this is fantastic because we're. I think we're all three levels, right? You're like don't really care that much. No, I'm. I'm a. Um, what do you say? In the middle, I think. Like okay. I really, there's some games I really enjoy, and I'll play all the way through. But I'm not somebody who's like into the scene very deep because yeah. I don't maybe understand some of that. And then you're someone who's very high level who's into it. But it's interesting. So, like, what's your favorite video game? Grand about? Theft Auto. But like I said, it, or like, like which sports. one? The new one? I like the newer stuff. But I all I did was like steal cars. And you don't like you didn't play like the you could have been like all right, this game is just stealing cars. Did you like go through and, and play the the game? No, I would make my brother play the game so he could unlock you... the city, <laughs> and I would like to fly planes around and you know, like like nice. ra rack up stars, and then you know I wouldn't have any you know. And what's your favorite game of all time? Favorite game of all time. Well, I have two. Okay. Definitely Call of Duty series and then right. the Rainbow Six Vegas series, which is okay. a little bit different. So you're very into the tactical, technical. Tactical, yep, definitely. I have to say, like, Red Dead, the new Red Dead Redemption, if you've never played that, it's not, like, it's, it's, you're not even playing a video game. Just, it's, you're simulating. It's, the it's, Wild it's, West. 
you're simulating the Wild West and you're relaxed. It's really weird to describe, but then there's like crazy things. That See that? So like, I would. This is my. Like, I want to play games. it right I now. I get it. Like, like yeah, my one of my favorite things to do was create my own character yeah. in like a sports game. But then I'd be playing it. Would you I'd make be, it yourself with yeah, the same characteristics? Yeah, I'd make it myself and I'd be so... No, I'd make him... I'd be a little taller. I'd be yeah. a little faster. And, um, nice. Way stronger. Uh, but then I'd be like halfway Intelligence through... Intelligence Yeah, through. I'd be halfway through the season and I'd be like, I actually play basketball. Why don't I just go out and like play real basketball? Because well, I, I, I would get just like, I'm life. playing this fake person who's way more successful than I'll be, and I'm actually taking time away from trying to be successful by playing this video game, and I would feel guilt. Now, I know it's crazy. That's the same reason I don't play sports games. Yeah. Same reason, because I was like, why do I have to recreate the sports game when I can go outside and do it? Yeah. I can't really recreate Call of Duty, right? I don't, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, huh. unless I paintballed or something. Right, but. right. But even then, it's not... The it's stakes aren't the same. same. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and, and I get, yeah, I get that point of there. I have one friend who is really. He only has one friend. Well, that could he could have stopped that sentence. Right? I, George one, has one. One friend. of my nice. friends is very against video games. Against video games, like for children, right? Okay. And I'm like, you know, everything in moderation. Everything can be abused. I just don't think that video games are a bad thing. I think it should have moder like, do video games and then also. I get you, out. what do you th- do you think it helps obviously it helps creative I to, believe to, it does to, I mean it, I think it do you think you would have been as creative had you not had played video games in your life or had the, definitely the, the, no right there's different types of video games so you got video games where it's just kind of like a mindless shooter and then you got video games that actually make you think and makes you solve puzzles and things like that right like if you're playing Mario it's a much different experience than playing something I don't know like Madden yeah but even then like you're you're still trying to solve puzzles and I well, think that's Madden's a real like big even, part like strategy has evolved I, I stopped yes. playing Madden as much because it and my brother retired it just took so much time retired Every, he did he <laughs> He, I swear to God, he still. Oh, so did he? Would he have to like have a press conference? Listen, he had the controller, and he still gets like his one finger is like cramped, like he still has it. Like he he swears that it's from playing so much Madden. He would ride the ellip or like the exercise bike and play games of Madden, and then when he had his kid, it just every game takes an hour to play. You yeah. can't, you know, you can't do that anymore. And, yeah. and they are. They're very technical. And it's like I would stop wanting to play because there's like too much thinking to figure and, out all the defenses. Do you, and you, you mentioned before that you kind of were interested in developing your own video game. Yeah. So I wanted to create my own video game from, from the bottom up, which would have been a completely different experience. You need like a kind of a different skill set. A lot of There's a lot of overlap with the creativity and the puzzle design. But there's also a different skill set in terms of programming and, right. and art. But even with an escape room, there's a lot of art. There's a lot of overlap with the two things. Yeah. And you were mentioning before, too, like, you know, when you play a game, your strategy is just kind of like, I'm just going to have a fun time. I'm going to do this. That's great. And with my escape room, too, I kind of try to cater to as many people as possible. So we actually have different kinds of puzzles that appeal to different kinds of people. So mm-hmm. if you're not into the whole story, by all means, come around, have a good time, hang out with your friends and solve some some puzzles. Um, but if you're, really I think I would be it, into that story though. That's like very intriguing. Well, the me. thing about video games too is I think some people who don't play them they lose sight of like some when you play that Red Dead Redemption game. I know it's this sounds so silly, but it's like it's it's like reading a book. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional tale, and there it's very like you're getting a lot out of it. I mean, and I know that it's 
it's more intense than watching a movie because you're a part of it. So I, right. it's an interactive movie, and that's what I'm going for with the escape room. And, it's and, an interactive yeah. action movie video game experience. Like when that's my awesome. guy, I don't want to give away Red Dead Redemption. So spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> so stop it now. Okay. The the main character you play with for most of it, he ends up dying of like uh, bronchitis or, or whatever. What was dysentery? It? Something. But and then when he dies, like I no. Did they play cr- Old Town Road? I feel like that's it's always. <laughs> they did. Really? But, no, I don't think they played it. When, but no, when he died, like I, you're watching the movie. I just I played with this character for for sixty hours or whatever it took, and it was a little bit you know emotional. It was. All right. I mean, I know that's totally silly, but you you've spent time with this character. It's much like a movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and you, so well done. You, know? you, you you mentioned you come from a, a a family of video game enthusiasts. You and your sister, your sister had a, a, ch- a Call of Duty channel. Yeah, so she had a YouTube channel for a little bit. She would do like Call of Duty content. Uh, what is Call of Duty content? So she would essentially talk about the game, like Twitch kind of. Yeah, kind of like Twitch. It's like Twitch before Twitch. She would just upload to YouTube, mm-hmm. talk about the game, like talk about some news. Uh, like showcase some of her art, things like that. So that's what she was doing with with Call of Duty, and then she grew her channel to like thirty thousand subs. And then at that moment, Call of Duty, I guess, found her, and they discovered the talent, and they scooped her right up, flew her out to California, and now she works for Call of Duty. What? Just yep. she wait, plays wait. the game like she's yep, a video- she, she loves like what's Call that Duty. Grandma's Boy movie where they all like kind of? Have you seen it? I think so. Is that the guy who's like? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, is that like the kind of company? Movie. Like they're all. I don't uh, think so. It's, I don't think it's like that anymore. That was like 2001, right? It's a uh, lot different now. It's very like things. Like, it's a lot more mainstream. And the nerd, yeah. the nerd culture, like it is nerd right. culture is mainstream culture now. It's yeah. not, you know, it used to be more like people. I would, you know, I'm generalizing, but you go into that line of work and it's more like you know, you're that type of nerd person. Yeah. And now it's like anybody would do. It. If you're an artist, you could go into it and start getting. Would into you consider it. yourself a nerd? I would consider myself more of a geek. Than a nerd. Wait, wait. What's the difference between geek and so, nerd? So, so did you ever see the Venn diagram? Like no. Geek, nerd, no. dork. Pull it up. All right. right. All right. This will explain it. I will. The, I'll let the data speak for itself. <laughs> that seems like something a nerd would say. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe a geek. I'll find uh, out soon enough. Definitely, I would consider myself more of a geek. There it is. It's color coded. Nice. Good design. Oh, this is interesting. I'm gonna have to put this in the podcast. Wait, I can't see it. I can't see it. Zoom in. Come on. I still can't see it. Okay, here we go. Sorry. (laughs) So, okay. Intelligence. Okay. So there's three circles, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Each of these circles, there's one circle intelligence, one circle social ineptitude, and one circle of obsession. And they overlap. okay, Okay. So a dork would be someone with... He was socially inept and also obsessed. <laughs> okay. So it's like socially awkward, can't yeah. really relate to many people, yeah. but also obsessed with so you're one an thing. Intel- yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So Mark would be a geek, which is an intelligent person who's obsessed, obsessed with making um, escape rooms. Yep. Essentially, yeah. I would and consider myself a geek. I'm going to say I'm, I'm pretty intelligent, so I'm going to keep this one. Um <laughs> nice. I got to... I gotta, I'm probably... I'm not too socially inept. I'm all right there. Yeah, see? I'm not a dweeb. I guess I'd be more of a geek. I can, there you yeah. go. What, so a, dwe- a dweeb. A dweeb would be... Give me an example. A of smart the- guy who has no social skills. Like my buddy Chris. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that you're, uh, sorry, now you Chris. have no... You went from one friend to no friends. <laughs> no, 
No, like you're you're. you're Give very, me a movie character, like a character from uh, uh, a very smart person who doesn't like pick. Can up you think of one in in my, like uh, Rain Man? I mean, no, he, I think he had autism. Yeah, but that's kind of the. I don't want to generalize autism or anything like that. I'm just saying somebody who may not from the social norms of what is social. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to. I'm. Okay, I'm you've just dug it. yourself into a very deep hole. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that's funny. So yes, that makes sense. Yeah, so I consider myself a geek. All right. Not a nerd. Do you know a variation? Do you know of people in your life? Do you have one representation of each person? I'm sure everyone does. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I could, I could, I could name people in my life that. That's funny because. You know, you go through like I. I would just assume those were both. Like one and the same. Yeah. yeah. You learn something new. Language is a beautiful thing. And do you and your sister? have um, pretty in-depth conversations about video games? We do, and it's fascinating because of the overlap. Even though she's creating digital things and digital assets, and I'm creating physical things, the theory behind puzzle making and game design and interacting with the player and keeping the player engaged is very, very similar. Uh-huh. Well, the, um, the first way that I ever knew about escape rooms was uh, Crystal would play them on... They, they have apps for like your iPad, and it's the same kind of concept except this is virtual i think that's how they started i think they started off as like a flash based thing you would go on the internet and you can play them and then i think somebody in japan i'm not too sure came up with hey what if i brought this to life that's awesome those japanese (laughs) super smart you're really you're really guns (laughs) blazing today have you been to japan Yes. No, I have. You have? Yes, I have. I would yeah. like to go. Like cuz it's just the culture is so it's I don't know, but it mm-hmm. appears to me to be so like um advanced. Just 100% different. Like we're, it's totally like, different. Like if you go to Texas, it's not Pennsylvania, but it's yeah. You're still in America. You know, yeah, we yeah. still got it. You go to Mexico, you're still kind of I don't know, you're on the continent. If you go yeah. over there, it's like there's nothing. There's no like nobody. You think it's Japan's in a world of its own kind of like Tokyo, especially kind of. Uh, well, they have like different like states, too. Right. So they have like different subsections that all have kind of their all unique co- cultures. But they are they have their own very unique culture. Actually, mm-hmm. they don't have sarcasm as far as I know, which is a huge difference. Yeah. yeah it would last for 10 seconds. Already. That is insane. That's right, my how, entire existence. and not that one culture is better than the other, but no cultural. How does like in the like, how does that happen? I'm sure there's some. I think it's based on like honor and respect. The fact uh, that that's yeah. kind of built into their culture, so everything that they talk about. Now, I'm not a Japanese expert, of course, but as yeah. far as I know, right? We are yeah. speculating, um, so please, no one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So right. basically, it, to me, their culture is built on honor and respect, and making sure that you always be polite to everyone else and that's actually built into the language as well i don't speak japanese my friends do um that's why i went to japan no, I, I just think it's fascinating like, it, I'm, it's fast that is yeah. fascinating how i mean human beings two human beings i mean obviously there's differences but like human beings same species ha- can have different fundamentally fun- different ways of looking at the world yeah right that's insane well it's the same you think about where you grew up you know you talk about the leah valley or not like what you still it's, now it's getting I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say like when people are coming in with that culture like they all these different cultures are coming into this area you know it's a melting pot you just yeah. everyone's more and more exposed to it than they were you know tens and twelves of years ago when transportation wasn't easy technology wasn't easy right and now right. you're like instant you could be in Japan in what 
I don't know. It was like 12, 12 hours. hours. Well, you could crazy. be in Japan in like a second, really. You could talk to somebody well, yeah, I mean, in Japan uh, in really honestly with these absorb new, their culture within seconds if you want to. The new cameras and stuff like yeah. it's it's crazy. So yeah, no, I was that's always just an interesting That is crazy. So, did you get to see the human element a lot? Does that interest you in your escape room uh experiences? Do you get to see how people interact? Is that Yes, I love that. Uh, I love psychology and things like in that area, psychology, sociology. Mm -hmm. So we have like a control room uh, that's back. Every escape room has a control room. We have a control room as well. And we also have an AI in the room. So as people are playing, there's an AI helping them. And that's how people ask for hints. But the whole time. Like Alexa? Yeah. His name's Gavin. Oh, okay. Wait, so, wait, how do you interact with him? So the, the groups, as they're playing the game, they would say like, okay, Gavin, and then that activates the hint system. You're and then pissing it, off Alexa. <laughs> uh, but wait, is that, is that something that you... How does that work? Is that just like a... So all our rooms are very high-tech. We'll get back to the people aspect, but the rooms are Sorry, very high-tech, so high they're, tech. they're <laughs> totally interconnected with each other. So mm -hmm. if you solve a puzzle here, I know back in the control room that you solved the puzzle because all the components talk to each other. Oh, wow. So essentially wait, we can... You program this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's totally different. This we escape have to go room. Through it. Like, I'm yeah, not, I'm please. Really yeah. Please come around. Yeah, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when you when you come around. But the room knows exactly where you're going. So I thought it'd be really cool. Hey, why don't I add another element to this, which was an AI? So as you're playing the room, this AI is kind of playing the room with you, right? He was there. Is it a person? No. So it's How, actually is it, artificial. Is it, are you project. controlling the AI or is it an AI? The AI, AI is controlled via what you've done already so he's not like an ai but he like knows what you're doing because like the room okay you put this in here the room knows so then he says like something well, okay so he's not like i, mean, I got i got it. but still it is a yes very it's like yeah you know what one day, i feel like i'm in the room with elon musk right now <laughs> yeah, you're gonna I be wish. you're gonna be in that escape room one day and that gavin's gonna come alive and be like i'm tired of that'd be so cool yeah, yeah, but it, so yeah so that's how people interact with with us we don't interact with the room unless they say okay gavin at that point we talk to them via mm -hmm. speaker system okay test subjects what are you doing how far did you get along blah blah blah. and we just kind of point them in the right direction so as we're watching them play the room which is the human element i love it we have a particular puzzle in there i won't give away too much but tease is the answer <laughs> uh that puzzle is my favorite puzzle to watch. I wish I could make like a compilation of people trying to solve that puzzle because I think it's extremely rewarding. Yeah. So I love it. What is what are some uh, common human like characteristics that either succeed or don't like? What have, what have yeah, you? Ask a, it, oh, okay. So you're asking like, what is yeah. a successful group? A successful group yeah. is one that can, one, communicate. Because communication is key with basically everything. Is it good life. if somebody, like, you need a leader right away? Or do you... That actually happens naturally a lot of the time. Really? Ah. Yeah. You can kind of see. So we do team building for corporate events, too, and team training. And you can see right away. That's such a too. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. I, I love watching this. I it's actually just contact, like, you yeah. can't control it. It just is. You're right. It's well, that's like that's kind of like our animal animal yeah. instincts. I, I guess I'm not because that sure happens in is. the like everywhere there there's always is a a leader emerges. I, this is totally off topic and it's whatever. <laughs> this is whatever. I've been watching these um police interrogations on YouTube while I'm working, <laughs> okay. and it's just like this guy is a criminologist, right? Yeah, and he plays the full um, interrogations of these horrible criminals, but it's really about. Um, he'll stop it and he'll explain to you 
what's going on in their brain and what the human response is. So oh, like, like psychological chess with these. Criminals. Like here's a good example. So they'll be like, um, say I committed a crime. I, you know, you know, I, I killed somebody. Um, you guys, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> it wasn't proven, <laughs> but you come in and then you guys, you know, you're giving me all this information. You know, you've seen it. And then finally, I, I my a response they say is typical is like, you're like, oh, what? You think that just because my foot was there that I killed her? That's insane. And that's a response that is like people will go to because it's a natural human thing. There's a word for it. I forget, but it's like the appealing to the absurd. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a thing that humans will do, and they train to say, "Okay, he's using that technique. That's that's a big red flag." Yeah. So the fact that you're even responding like that means to tell me that I know from my training that there's you're probably hiding something. Unless you read about, unless you read unless, up on um, that training, right? Um, and now how, you're playing against him. That's like, that's then, like then that's then that's like. Insane. Well, do you think? Okay. Well, yeah, that stuff is. Do you? So you're 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 a fan of artificial intelligence, right? Yeah, sure. Which, yep. Do you think? I'm scared to death of it. Number one, I'll just say that flat. Out. But do you think in situations like George is talking about, or other scenarios in the world that require that can involve human error, do you think? Artificial intelligence will one day take over the police interrogation, you know, where you don't have to develop tactics or there'll be no counter like, oh, well, I know that tactic, so I'm going to go this way. A robot or artificial intelligence will just know if you're lying, right? I think that they have technology that's kind of like beyond even the artificial intelligence knowing whether or not you're lying. I think that they can attach things to your head and kind of almost read your mind. Like think of a cat, then they attach these electrodes to your heads to your head and then they can see uh oh it looks like you're thinking of a cat is that correct yeah so i think that the ai is completely out that of that exists picture. right now i believe you, so you want to know I my theory so. jesus uh, you want to know my theory on like whole kind of kind of but also kind of not but say like it. the uh my theory on human evolution that we're creating all this stuff right and it, it's, for our replacement it's gonna become sentient and when that happens that is the moment of like apex where we discover the meaning of life and then it just everything ends. Oh God, I'm getting real but, but, hot. But then everything could also theoretically never end. Can we go talk about video games again, dude? I love this stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, right? that's my like. I think we get to that point, and then it's like it's either everything or nothing. And well, just... I mean, you you obviously are you a fan of Elon Musk? Yeah, absolutely. Do you? He's he kind of has, has said how he's a little uh, wor- worrisome. Or at least scared of artificial intelligence, right? Or to, should, to keep to keep responsible, it re- right? Should, the responsible thing is to understand how serious it is to not. But take how do you once? I feel like I feel like it's a thing that could like improve exponent, like exponentially, and like so. How do you if you get it to a certain point? Well, it's always how do you control it? This is always the the, the problem with things and technology is technology can always be used for the wrong thing. Yeah. And the right thing. And so that's why it's important to make sure. What would you classify th- Uber? The right or the wrong thing? Or it depends. Uh, gr- like uh, self-driving Uber or like what? Uh, well, do you think on a very simple scale, like you use uh, Uber Eats or which one? Yeah, you use? I grew up on. Do you think that's good for us as a society or should you go get your food? Like I think we're making everything very easy. I don't think it's a matter of good or bad. It's a matter of that's my preference at that point in time. I don't think it. If, as long as the um, the overall net is good for whoever is involved, so the, if the restaurant is continuing to make money, my convenience is appeased, 
because I don't have to get up and but, do anything. If everybody's winning and I am okay with spending that extra money, then I think it's a good thing. I think the issue arises when you remove people from the equation. Yes. So like okay. if you had Grubhub but no one delivered it, just a robot showed up at your house, like here you go, like a little scooter or whatever, that's when I believe there's an issue because mm-hmm. at that point you're eliminating jobs. Like, right, jobs. Well, okay, okay. On the on the other side of that, the largest, um, what, what do you think is the most, the job that most, the most people Americans have, like the job that has the most people in America. Right now, probably Uber driver. No. Probably some form of driving, like transportation. Yeah, truck driver. Truck right? driver. What's the number one thing that's going to be extinct pretty soon? Truck driver. Where are those people going to go? So that's where the problem comes into like all this political stuff. We're not going to get into politics, but when do we get to a point where we're so technologically advanced that we don't have to work? So depends on how optimistic you are too i'm just saying like yeah what is what is the the end goal of trucks that drive themselves it means like you don't have to do the driving but then you don't get paid so how do you know how do we rectify that that's fascinating and that's something i think about too i actually teach a course on this but emerging technologies but i don't know what what are you supposed to do in this situation because the the trucks are self-driving the company is doing this obviously to lower their bottom line right they want to make more money more profit i believe you're gonna these it's social morality right with the company i I, I think the answer is this the answer is that these, at least for the time being in our lifetime the answer is going to be that um the trucks have to have people inside of them because what if you're stuck in utah or something like that you need to have a person there well, and there's like what happens if it goes wrong, you know, like if there's nobody or will people be on the road at all? Well, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the question that, like, yes, maybe that. But I'm just saying one of the ways that if you have this problem and you're saying, OK, what's well, then we keep the job. So the, the business technically probably doesn't need to do that. But in order to keep society afloat. They can't just not say truck drivers don't exist anymore. The fact that you're having this conversation is making me so happy. But you, like, but you understand is, what it's like. Fantastic. But you can't. Yeah. Like that company has an obligation to society as a though? whole. Do they? I believe they have to because if society crumbles, they can't exist either. But then you what's the next step? Well, then how? Like if, if nobody makes any money, then what is the point but of what the if, product in the first then place? Then it goes exactly. back to how it was originally where nobody did exchange money. Well, there you, you guys go. Just made and your this shit. is fucking D2. Like, they, like the judgment day. Like it's just. At some point, they, those things have to coexist, and in order to do that, there have to be compromises. Well, d- d- don't you, you believe the perfect that- technology can't exist? It, it can't because once that happens, humans don't. We don't need to do anything. Technology right. is a that's means when it gets bad to do things for when us. it when it gets when we rely on things and the human element gets taken away. I think when, I think it's dangerous if it's fifty one percent non human. That's when, when it starts. When, to get when are you going to get to the point where you don't need to eat? Because you're just going to be able to... I, I take a meal supplement for some of my meals. It's powder. It's like fucking RoboCop sludge. And you just eat that. And it's just nutrition. That's all it is. And we're going to plug in the Matrix. If you I'm just saying. Like, it's, it's, it well, sounds like, crazy. Don't you think we're kind of already these cyborgs anyway? Because like, I'm attached to this. Like, what's really driving what here? Is this phone... Am I controlling the phone? Or does the phone control me? Dude, I got contacts on my eyes. Without them, I'd be eaten by a bear. Like technology. Well, it'd be more. You'd probably just run into a truck that's probably (laughs) driven by a robot. You know? Did you see those new contacts that throw up a heads-up display? So as you're walking around, you can see things. Like you have like Google Maps in your eyes. My head hurts. Like I went really deep there. Like my my brain was like, "Stop." (laughs) Yeah, your brain's like, "Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure?" (laughs) You can't come back from this one. But no, that stuff. It's scary, but it's exciting. It is exciting. It's very interesting. I think in India, 
now I'm my mom's in sure. India right now. But I think in India they banned self-driving like taxis. I think they force people to still stay as taxis because they're trying to protect. And them. it's interesting too because it's like just because this technology exists doesn't mean that we have to. Does it, that a free market economy allows it to just go to its fullest mm-hmm. extreme, or do you, you know, and that's why it's so important to have. We I don't want to talk politics again, but just involvement with that so that you can. Well, I think the the conversation. It's probably a conversation. I'm sure people are having the conversation, like uh, lawmakers and everything, which we're not involved in. But I feel like it's one of those things where it has to be taken care of now, because you don't want to be behind. You don't want to be catching up. Technology is so technology moves so quickly. Law is always, I feel, behind. Yeah, yeah, because think about some stuff like what everything it changes in result to us. Texting and driving. Like think about the first time people are out on their. Like think about the genesis of that. We're we're all we're just driving yeah. around <laughs> for for millions of years. We never had to worry about texting and driving, and then we well, exist. we didn't even drive. We, we didn't even yeah. have horses. We just yeah. ran on foot. And then like. we exist. This phone. Fo- we uh, create this phone, you know. And then now everyone uses it so much that we're noticing. Holy fuck! They're they're running into each other on roads because they're on these phones well, I, all the time. We have but, to but I don't want to be morbid. <laughs> but there's also like, is that you know, is natural? So no, is that, you, people shouldn't die because they're no, no. The but phone. there's Still a lot of people. Don't text and drive, but... Do you have, like, the all, Thanos theory? like Social Darwinism over here. Social Darwinism. If half know. the people died, like, Thanos, and was he actually wrong? Did he have a point? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's smarter than I am. I'm just saying. But... Every place he went to seemed to do pretty well after he wiped out half the population. <laughs> Let's not suggest that on I mean, our very... Genocide. <laughs> our, we're doing a podcast in your attic. We can be taken out very quickly. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's it's interesting, man. It's it, like, it's just, yeah, it's really but what really I'm saying is, I think in my lifetime, like I'm 32, right? I think my first 16 years, 17 years, was basically similar, right? And then like the last 10 years has been really crazy technologically. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, like the same age as you, and it's been absolutely oh, it, it crazy. Just, as it, it's just what, I mean, whatever that rule is, where like the, um, the Moore's law. Yeah. So computers like generate, and it, it just it goes faster and faster and faster. That's what. But if and if, where is that? But if you don't get ahead of it, you can't be making decisions about uh, how much we'll let the robots control us after it already starts to happen. It's too late. You know. Mm-hmm. There's things like that we make. And then we regulate later, right? We made the atom bomb, and then it was like, uh oh, that's actually yeah. a lot more powerful than we thought it was. And, yeah. that, and then it was Whoops. like, we agree not to use this. Yeah. But it seems like the the history just says we're going to make something and then react to it, as opposed nah, to. Being I think that's bad. Yeah, I agree, but that seems bad. to be the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice that in the escape room? So, <laughs> atom bombs. No, so <laughs> with the escape room, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about before with leadership, there's different. I guess types of personalities that just really start to come out introverts extroverts mm-hmm. people who like to just take the reins and, and just take control of the situation so it's fascinating to me to watch these people go through but most importantly the best part is afterwards like after the experience when they're talking to me and saying like wow that was amazing like your puzzles I found it enjoying and then I'm looking at someone else thinking okay did you find it enjoyable and like I said, we also design our puzzles to have a little bit of something for everybody. Uh-huh. Not everyone likes to really sit down and think and be analytical. They want to do something physical. So we have physical <clears throat> puzzles, analytical puzzles, puzzles where you're just kind of using feeling and things like that. Yeah. Do you have anything in there where you like, if you get frustrated, you can just like punch it through a wall? Please do not break our proper <laughs> finger uh, push policy. Hey. Um, but no, but there's I've seen rage rooms and stuff like that around where people that. can smash things. 
That seems like a lot of work. I don't do yeah. that. Uh, I, 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 tell me if this idea has been done. Does anybody have like a saw escape room? Yeah, they definitely do. Eh, yeah. Has to be. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. This is one of those ideas that's too obvious that you don't even go. Do you yeah. do you find the do you find any joy in stumping people? There's I find of... joy in stumping people, but only if they get it afterwards. Uh huh. Right. So the puzzle has to make logical sense. It can't just be out of nowhere. Right. I want to stump him, but I really want to make him think. So... Wouldn't you derive more pleasure from someone completing the puzzle and them getting? Like satisfaction satisfaction yeah, out that's of it basically isn't that it. your goal yes like you, right. you've made something challenging them. enough that you don't, you don't they want them feel to be, like they accomplished something yes yeah. you don't want them to think oh that was easy right I mean some people do like that so we do have certain puzzles that are like oh that was easy nice and then there's more difficult ones where they actually have to stop and think there's there's times in there where people are just standing thinking for maybe 10-15 minutes but those are the people who like doing that so while they're thinking the other players are doing something else uh-huh. Tyler have you done one Never done one. We're definitely um, odd because we're yeah, yeah. we're gonna wrap up. But I'm down. I we should do that video for the TV show. There. Let's do it. Is that cool? Can we come in and do something? Yeah, we can definitely talk about it later. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, um, it's just. But then that would probably expose the. No, no, the we room. don't have to like go through. You know what? We can make. Yeah, it. We're you not can gonna do, give like, it away. After. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it more. After. Whatever. Um, yeah. No, I just find it. It's it's interesting, and it's interesting to me too. We didn't talk a lot about um, you know your private life, but. You you have a full time job, so it's, yeah, it's interesting, you know, to show people that. I mean, you may, may not have his um, motivation, but you know, it's it's fun that you can that you develop that, and it's something. Well, that, it's pretty you soon you have a you have a robot that can do your full time job <laughs> yeah, for you. So. That's nice. <laughs> just send that. So. The future is now. <laughs> so can you? Where can people? Uh, we're gonna have all this in the notes, but can you mm-hmm. tell people where they can find more information? Sure. So I love to point people to our actual website. So it's escape e x e. Dot com. Okay. So it's like two E's, escape, E-X-E.com. And what's your the address? 3844 Linden Street, Bethlehem, PA, 18020. Nice. All right. So it's kind of down the street over here, kind of by ShopRite more. Uh, it's across the street from Miller Heights Medical. Right. We have our own facility. So the whole place awesome. is to ourselves. And if you're in, this is, I feel like this has been the most. I got jacked up on this one. <laughs> I feel weird. Like I want to keep really, going. <laughs> it's very interesting. And it's funny because I was thinking about some of this stuff last night when I was watching those weird videos but th- no this is a play we'd love to have you back on that absolutely really interesting so check out escape x online we have all the notes in the podcast thanks for coming on yeah, thank, thank you, you man. and check us out friday nights 11 p.m service electric if you're interested in getting in touch to partner up or uh, sponsorship or what have you just give us an email at info at leivalleywithlovemedia.com goodbye tyler goodbye Bye.